Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. Today we've got another episode of About Abroad Happy Hour Edition, and if you're unfamiliar with the Happy Hour Edition concept, don't worry. All that means is that I'm getting out of the studio, getting away from the professional mics, getting into the real world with a real human, and maybe having a real coffee or beer or something. But we are going to keep doing the same thing we always do on this show, which is talking about how to make awesome lives abroad actually happen. And today I've got my good friend Guillermo here who is going to share how he moved to Australia and how pretty much anybody listening to this can do the same and stayed for like six years. And it was amazing to me that this is so easy and so possible. And so despite the audio, you know, we're not in a professional studio, so you don't get the same audio that you normally get on this show. But if you can get past that and just enjoy the conversation and the great insights that Guillermo has to share, then I think you'll enjoy it immensely. So have a beer with us, have a coffee with us, uh, a slice of cake, whatever you do at happy hour. Enjoy this episode, and we, uh, we will have a great time catching up with Guillermo here. All right, so we're here with Guillermo. Guillermo, thanks for joining About Abroad. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I'm super excited to have this conversation actually here recording because we're friends. We hang out here in Valencia together, mm, yeah. and I've heard bits and pieces of your your ventures abroad over the last couple years, but now I'm going to get down into the details. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's share with the people. So anyway, a little bit, you want to give a little bit of background on, on yourself for the people that are listening? Yeah, um, sure. Who, who is Guillermo? <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I was I was born here in Valencia, in Spain. I I lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, uh, I studied at college, um, film and television, and I tried to learn English. I actually um, traveled to Scotland to try to learn English. That was my first attempt. It did not work well. I lived <laughs> there for four months, and I was always surrounded by Spanish people, so that's why I did not learn English. Uh, so basically it was four months of wasting my savings and <laughs> having fun. Um, worth, worth it though, in the it, end? It was, it was worth <laughs> it, yeah, we, I really had a great time. I did not learn English, but I had a great time. Where was, were, you? were you? In were Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, yeah. Yeah, and Scottish accent is actually quite brutal, so... Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to understand. I mean. <laughs> it is, it is, it is very hard to understand, so... I didn't know any English, so I didn't really care. I didn't, I didn't understand anyway, so... Did you literally speak in no English? No, like, no I mean, English. I didn't speak any English, and I did not learn any English. <laughs> <laughs> Four months well spent. <laughs> no, really, like, um, I had such a great time, but I did not learn, no. Yep. And then I came back to Spain and I kept working on my field as a photographer and, and so on. And then in, I think it was 2011 during the crisis. How uh, old were you then, roughly? I was 26, if okay. I'm not wrong. So you finished university and... Yeah, yeah, and I was working... So I studied film and television, but actually my passion was photography. Mm -hmm. So I was working in a, in a studio, uh, but it was a small, uh, a small business, a small studio, a family-owned studio. And during the crisis, it hit her, it, it hit her, them very, very hard. So one day they just told me, look, we can't really pay you anymore. Yeah. So that was the end of it. <laughs> you weren't willing to work for free, so yeah, there were exactly. parting ways. <laughs> well, I did work for a year doing weddings and stuff, but I used to hate it so much. <laughs> I hated it. So after a year, I thought, you know what? Um, this is not working for me. Maybe it's time for me to travel and and learn English. And 
my first option was England, but obviously with my previous experience going to the UK, I thought, you know what, I'm not making the same mistake twice, so I'm going to go further. I looked into Canada and Australia, and I went for Australia because of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly because, different yeah, than Canada. <laughs> the visas were a bit easier to, to get. So Canada has a working holiday visa for Spanish people, but there's only, or there used to be only 250 spots a year. Wow. Which is nothing. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I heard that uh, thousands of people apply for it a year. <sighs> thousands. So I thought, you know what, that's not going to guarantee, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to be able to go and I want to go now. I literally wanted to leave right away. And so the, the criteria at this point is, needs to be an English speaking country yeah. with good weather. Correct. And did you entertain any other places or at that, I mean, at that point you're, you land on Australia. No, really, <laughs> no. I, it was actually a very quick process for me because I was very fed up. I was very tired of being here in Spain and struggling to get a job so i thought you know what i don't care i'm just leaving so i sold my motorbike and i bought a ticket to australia and yeah i think everything happened within did three months did you need any did you need to do any prep work to do that like can can you as a european as a spaniard well just move to australia or? i actually went on a on a tourist visa okay knowing that i was going to be able to apply for a student visa okay once you got there so yeah. you didn't have to do the student visa before you can if you want okay i didn't want to because i didn't really have that much money and mm -hmm. um, student visas are very expensive and there are a few companies uh, in Australia that they do that for you they do all the they get ready all the paperwork and everything for you and they do not charge you now back then I didn't know that they were not charging me mm. I was very skeptical about paying 6,000 uh, Australian dollars to a company in Australia being here in Spain yeah you know, sure. <laughs> I'm gonna pay this money and I don't know if they're ripping me off I don't know if they're charging me fees so what I did is I, I researched these companies. Uh, it was Go Australia and I remember the other one. It was Australia something. I said, okay, they're here. So once I get to Australia, I'm going to check them out. And that's what I did. I, I got to Australia and then I checked them out and I checked the courses they were offering. I went to the schools and they didn't charge anything. Really? Really? So for, they, you mean for the classes or for the visa? No, they didn't charge anything to get you, they, to get your visa ready and to get your your course. They didn't charge me anything, and I always thought, why is that? And I found <laughs> out later on. I found out once I started my first course, when I went to the school, uh, the director of the school, the first day, the introductory day, the, he asked who got here through a company. I said, well, I did. Okay, come over and they gather the five of us. And the reason you're here is because we pay money to these companies to bring students. So we were an, we want to know which company you use and you, if you're satisfied with the services. Huh. So then I found out that, is that they were actually the schools pay these companies to get students into their schools. Wow, I don't know if that makes sense. And I thought, well, that's perfect because then students can get advantage of this service. And they, they, they help me with the visa. They, I remember I went to the office and they have people that speak Spanish, Italian, French, German, like the Dutch. Like they, they're very well organized. And yeah, I was actually very happy with that. Like, oh, that's, that's cool. Great. Yeah. So, okay, to understand, there's, a, there's companies in Australia mm -hmm. that will, once you arrive in Australia, mm -hmm. they will help you get the student visa Correct. for free. Or perhaps you could have contacted them ahead of time and paid yeah. and used that same company. But yeah. either way, you would have gotten the same result. You would have gotten put in class. Yep. And you would have gotten a student visa because of that. That's correct. And they get you the visa also, or do you have to go through they, like government stuff to do that? They help you to... Well, the visa, it sounds very hard at the beginning. Once you get into it, it's very easy. Really? Yeah, okay. You literally do it online. So basically what they do is just... When, I, when I, I did it with them, they did it in front of me. So they literally turn the computer into you and say, okay, well, we'll do it together. So you know how to do it <laughs> next time. And they do it for you. But... You, you can do this before you go to Australia 
I don't know how it works because I didn't do it. I do know that they don't charge you. Ah, okay. That's cool. They didn't even charge you for that as long as you go to the school that you've agreed. And all they're concerned about is they want you there taking courses. Courses, yeah. The more courses you enroll, these schools, they pay them for every course you enroll in. What is there, what's the motivation for the government? Just like, do you, do you have any, like, like, why does the government want you there? Or is there, or is it more of a just well, like, this, you're welcome are, to be these here? These are private companies. So the government has nothing to do. Oh, yeah. you mean for the student visas? Yeah. Well, they yeah. get money for the visas. You pay you, for you the You pay visa. for the visa? Yeah, okay. They make a lot of money with visas. And they also know that uh, a lot of the students, this is my theory, a lot of the students, they go there for a, uh, a period of time, let's call it like one year. Yeah. Six months even. Six months, one year. And they know that um, legally you are not allowed to work more than 20 hours, which is not enough in Australia. Right. So they basically know that you're going to bring money into the country. Yeah. And, and you're not going to take anything from the Correct. country. Yeah. It's and the... you're potentially not taking anything. But in a lot of places, we'll discuss this later if you want, but in a lot of places you, you actually work more than 20 hours and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got the tickets. I flew to... Sydney? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite a shocking experience. <laughs> I bet. Going to Australia with no friends, no job, no family. It was pretty intense. How was the, what was the first? Okay, start with some of the practicalities. Like, how did you find a place to live? So, I, I first I got a, a hostel. Uh, I was on a very tight budget. <laughs> so, I got the cheapest hostel I could find. And it was, was it like five year, was, five bucks a night? <laughs> I don't remember the price. I do know that I was sharing the dorm room with uh, twelve people. No, actually, eleven people. I was the twelfth, uh, so it was very cheap. And it was probably the worst uh, backpack or hostel backpackers or hostel uh, I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Nice. I've been in many. Nice uh, introduction in to, to life yeah, in Australia. Was, well, my first month in Australia, it was the worst experience of my life. Yeah, I bet. It was very hard. It was very hard. Uh, not knowing the language is is it's very hard. It's hard to imagine that now speaking to you because you speak so well. Imagine a point where you didn't speak English even on some level and you're there in an English-speaking country it takes some know, some guts to do that like to just show up and say I'm gonna figure this out all alone not like with a friend or a girlfriend or something yeah. you just, you just well, show up there I mean most of my friends and family told me you're going to Australia no friends <laughs> no family no job you're crazy I was thinking at the moment I thought I'm not crazy I just has I just have nothing to lose you know I'm tired of this situation in here and I need to do something to change this yeah because the situation here in Spain at the time was pretty It rough. was very bad. Yeah. yeah was Unemployment bad. was super high. It was crazy. Yeah. It was really, really tough. So part of part of this was a, a, a fresh beginning, new mm-hmm. kind of a new start yeah. sort of thing. I just and, wanted and, to... Well, to be honest with you, my idea was to travel. I wanted to spend six months in Sydney, and then I wanted to go six months to Brisbane, mm-hmm. and then six more months in Melbourne, and then I was planning on going to New Zealand. That ah, was the okay. initial plan. It did not work out. <laughs> it never does. I was supposed to be here yeah. in Valencia for three months, three years ago. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. I'm still here. We're talking. So. Exactly. Okay, so you arrive, you arrive there in, mm-hmm. in Sydney, and then you stay in this hostel for a while. What, what is the, the next step? And also, you said you were on a tight budget, so I imagine yeah. you need to get a job pretty yeah. quick. So, so what do these next couple chapters look like where you find a more permanent place to live, you find work? What is, what is this like? Yeah, so the first hostel wasn't only the worst hostel I've ever been. It was full of French people, which I have nothing against. But the <laughs> problem is that when you go to an environment where everybody else speaks a common language, which is not English, like in this scenario, they were, very, they were lovely people, yeah. but they were all French. And then I got there and they all kind of knew each other or they spoke the same way. A little clicky. Exactly. I was like, oh, I felt that I didn't belong in there. So my first week was not very productive. Mm. I was trying to get an apartment, which was very hard to get without a job. And without um, speaking English. And without speaking English. Uh, so I, was, I didn't have internet on my phone back there. So I remember... It's very challenging, you know, searching on Google Maps in my computer, taking a photo with my phone of the Google Maps and then uh, going on the street and trying to figure things out. It was very hard the first week. Then I moved to another backpackers 
because I had one week booked in that one. And obviously I didn't renew. I went to another backpackers in uh, the CBD, downtown. Things started to get better. Mm-hmm. It was more international people in backpack, in this kind of places, these kind of hostels. A lot of times you find people who they live there. They will oh. stay there for five months, no problems. You know, these are the people who you want to really interact because they know where the jobs are and through a person in that backpackers I got a job in a club um, uh, picking up glasses yeah emptying and ashtrays you didn't really need English for that no. at that point it was, a, just... it was a job that you know you know you, you didn't need English yeah you, you don't have to talk to anybody even though people tend to get a bit tipsy and they talk to you <laughs> I remember thinking I don't speak English that's all I, all I knew all I knew is that yeah, I just knew how to say I don't speak English. So uh, it was very hard because I didn't have a contract. I was on a tourist visa. Tourist visa. Let me ask you, did, did you feel like, okay, so in the U.S. we have a big population of people from Latin America who it's, it's accepted like, you know, there's just a lot of people that don't speak English and we, we know that that's going to be the case and it's not really like, that strange but Australia is much more isolated like there's not like bordering countries where mm. people speak other languages did you feel did, did you feel like really out of place like like or, or were there were you surrounded by other people the French people maybe who didn't speak English or like or did you feel comfortable in those shoes like oh, whatever is um, without speaking the language I did not feel comfortable yeah you really feel alone yeah very very sadly alone uh, once you start speaking Australian people are very open about this they they, they enjoy having foreigners and generally speaking right um, once you're able to communicate they're very nice people yeah well, that's my experience at least uh, but yeah, before you speak the language, is like, like anywhere. It's, yeah, it's very it's very, very isolating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because sometimes people will talk to you and you literally have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I'm imagining you showing up with without the internet on your phone and uh, like trying to see an apartment and somebody trying to show you the apartment, but they just sound like they're speaking. In, I mean, they're they're not speaking your language. You're not speaking yeah. theirs. I'm imagining what this must have. Uh, yeah, must I actually have, have like. a funny story about that. And is that back in the day when I moved, um, I didn't have, I didn't have internet on the phone as it says. So I was taking photos of Google Maps, and I was completely lost. And I had several photos, and I went to the last photo where I had the pin of the location because I, I, I thought I was close and I went to this person and I said, excuse me, and I was pointing at my phone and he he tried to direct me but I couldn't understand. So he grabbed my phone, I tried to zoom in thinking that I had internet and that was actually on Google Maps and he was trying to zoom in and he couldn't and he was and I remember telling him photo, photo, no internet. And he was like looking at me like if I had three heads and he got his iPhone and he it did it he, in two seconds. He so did it in two seconds. So that was uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Too. Once again, like, I mean, you, you're sometimes when you're, I, I feel this way. Like I told people even living here and I speak Spanish. Okay. Like I can communicate for sure. I still feel like a three-year-old sometimes. Like I get, I get put in situations where I'm like, mm. I'm literally like an infant. I'm hopeless. Yeah, I have no idea what to do. And <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to get by without having a, not even a, not even a language barrier thing, but like just like you do things different here than we would yeah. do them, and I don't even know where to start. So yeah, I can, I can imagine this this moment yeah. for you. So yeah. so anyway, you you end up finding a place, and I've I've heard uh, I've heard you mention this before. Your your first place was not, or maybe I'm referencing the uh, well, the hostel. The first place I got was a house uh, just by the uh, downtown area. And it was one, two. It was a three-bedroom house, and we were ten people living in it. Wow! I was sharing my room with three other people. When I got there, it was one Spanish, one one guy from Jaén, and it was a Korean guy and a Ukrainian guy. We were all foreigners in the house, and it was the cheapest thing I could afford. Uh, back then, I was getting paid. Uh, under minimum wage, yeah. way, way below minimum wage. So I couldn't, and I was working very little just for the weekends in this club. Then I got a job in a re- Spanish restaurant, and I thought oh, things were gonna get better for me, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm home. Is he going to yeah. serve patatas bravas and how yeah. I'm going to be right. All right this, home. all this without a contract, obviously, and they knew it, so they take advantage of the situation. Yeah. They know you can't complain. Uh, let's so. okay. So let's touch on that real quick. So what's the difference with like what are you allowed to do, and what do well, most people do? What were you a, doing? As a tourist, you're not allowed to work like anywhere yeah. in the world. So, but they will hire you. Even on a student visa, also. With a student visa, you can work. Okay. But at that stage, I didn't have my student visa. Uh, yeah, okay. So, if I had to do this all over again, the first thing I would get is the student visa for many reasons. The, the first reason is because uh, you are not illegal in the country working. That's very important. Um, the second reason is you interact with more people like you, mm-hmm. which I also think is very important because once I started, so my first month and a half in Australia, I really had a hard, a hard time speaking the language. I didn't have any friends. And everything, everything started to get better as I got uh, my student visa. Yeah. I, started to, I started to go to school and you interact with more people and they invite you. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, you start sure. knowing people and it feels good you know, to be able to just have a beer with someone that you know and you see every day. After that, I was able to, to get a better job. And that made the difference because I signed a contract and I was getting paid above minimum wage. Okay. So I, I, I went from getting paid, I think it was $11 an hour mm-hmm. to get paid um, 18 during the week and 21 during the weekend. And what is a contract? Rest. Is a contract more than just the price, like the, the, the wage? Well, yeah, they, they, they also guarantee mostly, you hours? and most Well, this is the funny thing I was mentioning before. You are allowed only to work 20 hours. That was my first job with a contract. They told me you're only allowed to work 20 hours. And I did work 20 hours only in the first week. After the first week, <laughs> the, they needed me. And I did work for six years I was there. I always worked more than 20 hours. Wow. <laughs> Everywhere I went, there is only one place uh, I was two, three years in. And it was a fine dining restaurant that they hired me and the manager told me you can only work 20 hours and I said oh that's okay and he looked at me and said no you're only gonna work 20 hours you have <laughs> like, to understand really? that because I, he told me I know how things work in here you will only work 20 hours and mm. that's when I realized this guy this place goes is very serious so I'm not gonna get away with it so yeah but any other place and they, they don't really care yeah. Just, they'll give you hours and they don't so they, which is a win-win for everybody yeah in reality I mean you need not? the hours so you work yeah um, but yeah I think getting the student visa was the best thing I did because it gets you rolling you yeah know, you know people and people recommend I was able to leave this Spanish restaurant I got a job through a friend in a very nice restaurant in Sydney where you not only have a contract but also because you you do have a contract, they treat you like a human being, not yeah. like other places that because you don't have a contract, you can't complain and they're gonna take advantage of you in every single way. Right. Not only I'm not only talking about wages, but the way they run the business, you can't call sick, you can't complain, you can't do so many things that when you have a contract, you just say, look, I'm sick. And they're like, that's fine. You know, human, you're human. Exactly. <laughs> So that's so. good. I think that's good advice for for somebody like getting there and trying to wing yeah. it and figure it out once you're there, yeah. uh, versus like having the plan to get the student visa, and, and yeah, I think yeah, learning the language and getting the student visa was because I did a study by myself when yeah. I got there. I, I remember I was trying to the first things I tried to learn was uh, were um, kitchen stuff mm-hmm. because I th- I knew that my first job was gonna be. My first serious job was going to be on a restaurant, so I thought I need to, you know, cutlery, glasses, plates, this and that. Right. I know it sounds silly, but I made a list of vocabulary and I studied by myself at home on the internet, the verbs and all that stuff. It's just trying to learn. <laughs> it's funny to think back on now, right? Because it seems yeah. so basic, but you needed that. that. You, you, can get, you can get your student visa through English courses. Right. That's. I was going to ask you that. So yeah. what were you, were you studying English only or were you taking like university no, courses no. in English? The thing is that the English courses in Australia are more expensive than some other courses. And I was in a very, very, very tight budget. <laughs> so when I got there, I remember going to this company and saying, I want the cheapest course. 
possible. Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll do it. And he told me the two cheapest courses, they were $200 different apart. I think it was $1,200 and the other one was $1,400 for six months. And one was business and economics and the cheapest one. And the other one was sports uh, sports and fitness based on capoeira, which is a Brazilian martial art okay. of dance. <laughs> so I look at the guy and say, well, this is obvious. I'm not going to be on a room crunching numbers. I'm telling you that. So sign me up for the other one. <laughs> and I did. I did. I have. I actually have a certificate for in fitness and um, sports and fitness in capoeira. Wow. Yeah. That's something you don't expect to pick up in Australia. Yeah, no, well, there were a lot of people like me that did not have any... Do you even any, have to go? Like, like what you, happens you if... You do have to You go. do have to go. Yeah. Okay, so the government's going to check and see if and you And they win. tell you the first day. They yeah. do, if you don't do your hours, we'll contact immigration. Ah, okay. All right. So, well, some I know, places they I know don't. here in Spain, there's some people, like, I've talked to some people who are like, yeah, you just sign up for the course. I show that I paid for the course. And that's it. Like yeah. some people don't even ever go. There, there are a few companies in few schools in Australia that they have like that reputation. When, when you're in this world, yeah, you business, get to know you people. Get to know. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, oh, if you do this business course, you don't have to go. You know, you just go once a week, one hour, sign the paper and you just leave. But for me, I thought, you know, the Capoeira was two days a week. Yeah. I was thinking, come on, it's two days a week. And I, if I do this, I'm going to have fun. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be doing some sport, which I like, and it's two days away. Yeah, and maybe you're gonna and meet some legal, people, and you know, you're doing it I the get, right way. If I do the other thing, if I get caught, you get deported. Yeah, they don't mess around with these things. You you do something illegal, you get deported. That's how it is. So I did the capoeira, and it was good fun. So I did have to learn English by myself. Yeah, but if you have a bit more of money. You can do. You can t- get a visa through a, an English course, but they're okay. very expensive because it's the main, it's their main business. Yeah. It's foreigners like us, well, like me, <laughs> going into Australia, mostly Asian people because yeah. it's very close. They get it. They want to learn English, so they they charge a lot. Yeah. But sometimes double what a capoeira course will wow. cost you. <laughs> That's and you crazy. get the, and you have to go every day. And you have to go Monday to. Private. So with you, with working, uh, quote unquote, only 20 hours and then also going yeah. to classes, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but just taking that one course in a given, what what kind of time period? Like, like did you need to take that? Do, you were just taking one course at a time and that was enough? Well, yeah. You, well, it depends on how long you want to stay for. Mm. Like they do certificate one, I think is three months. This is only in Australia. Certificate yeah. one is three months, if I'm not wrong. Certificate two is six months and it starts doubling until you do the certificate one two three four diploma and i think after that you have to i don't know what you so what is the meaning of certificate in this instance like there are just courses i wouldn't know to diploma which i yeah. did at the end it's more like a you, that you do that at college. Okay. That's more serious. Yeah. But certificates, there are small schools like academies or stuff like that that okay. they do them. But if once you get to the diploma level or even certificate four, mm-hmm. that's already college. Okay. They, they, they do ask you for, if you're a foreigner like me, you have to pass an English exam, which is, is tough. It's yeah. not like, a, you know, they do care about it because you it's know... It's not just a BS. Like... When I did my, my certificate three in Capoeira, I, they say, oh, we have to do an English test. I was thinking, oh my God, I do not, I do not speak English. I've been here for a month. I barely, I barely understand what you're saying. I just understood that I have to do a test. And I did it. I remember thinking, there's no way. And I said, yeah, yeah, very good. Off you go. And I was thinking, oh my God. Now, once you get to certificate four onwards, you need to get an IELTS test and you need to get a six without you hit you need an average of six if i'm not wrong it was an average of six and you know that there are different tests you do a writing ah yeah writing listening listening. speaking there's four of them in each one of them you have to have minimum five you can't fail any of them okay and an average of six gotcha so it it is not easy when you're a foreigner and you just go to a country so that's something you have to keep in mind 
So, so how often, you, how long is the student visa good for? The one that you were on at that time? So, roughly, is it, it like. It goes through, it goes, how was this? If I'm not wrong, if my memory is not betraying me, is <laughs> uh, for each month of course that you have uh, booked, mm -hmm. for example, if you do a six months, I think for each month you get an X number of days extra. So let's say that I'm doing a six month course. Mm -hmm. So my visa will go for six months plus, uh, I don't remember how many days were, but you get more. For example, six months, you get a month and a half. Right. If and you if do you're only doing three, three months, you get three weeks. Right. Something Got it. like that. It goes. Something like that. I don't know if it's a week per month or something, but you get a leeway. So once you finish your course, you get to enjoy one month or something like that to do whatever you want or even to book a next course if you want to stay longer. Gotcha. And that's what you pretty much did continuously? That's, that's exactly just, what I did. So the whole, how many years were you there? Six. So throughout the six years you were there, were you always taking courses? No, no, because I did, so I did the first course was Capoeira these six months, mm -hmm. which I stayed in Sydney. Then I heard, I had a great time in Sydney and I love the city, but I heard that there was a very cheap course in the Gold Coast mm -hmm. up by Brisbane. Uh, you could get a student visa with it and it was a sports and fitness based on surfing. Sounds so amazing. So when I heard that, I, thought, okay. <laughs> I, I know like where I'm Capoeira, going. <laughs> but I really want to do surfing. And it was pretty epic. It was the best one yet. Cool. And I did, straight away I said, no, I want to do... I want to do a full year of this. And a year of surfing on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound terrible. It was it was amazing. The best decision I ever made. Were you in Surfer's Paradise? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the school was based uh, uh, I got an apartment in Surfer's Paradise, but the sur the, the school was based in uh, Mermaid Beach, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know if I ever told you like so I the my first trip out of the US was to Australia hmm. and we spent like a couple days in Sydney and Brisbane and then spent like two weeks in Surfer's Paradise yeah. in the Gold Coast. It's good fun. And so, yeah, especially yeah. at a young age. <laughs> it is, especially, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it was the best decision I ever made. It, yeah. was, it was very, very good. And by then my English was a bit better and I got a job super fast. Cool. Like getting a job in Australia, at least back then, if you didn't mind what to do, you will get a job super fast. Cool. Like it's not like in Spain that I was struggling. People were struggling to get a job as a waiter. That had to be a breath of fresh air, even with all the it was crazy. struggles. Yeah, it was just like oh, there's every you. I mean, you're basically bouncing around a foreign country without speaking the language very well at this point, yeah. and just getting a job whenever you want one. Well, basically, because I got my first job very fast with the backpackers in this place, then I got my first three jobs jobs i got them through people mm -hmm. i didn't have to, i didn't even have a resume but when i moved to the gold coast i did prepare because i didn't know anyone and i wanted to get a job as soon as possible to pay for the visa and all that stuff so i made a quick resume and i sent it to i don't know 10 restaurants i got uh, four trials within three hours wow. i got answers for four trials and i got them like consecutive days and i did one trial one day in the Versace in a hotel, mm -hmm. a very good hotel. And I was blown away. I was like, I really want this job. And I did it. And they were like, okay, come on Thursday <laughs> and you start on Thursday. And that was it. Wow. Yeah, very, what very fast. I got, I got a job very fast. It was, it was high season though, that's true. I got there in September, which is the, when the high season is about to start. Yeah. Which is summer during Christmas. So I was lucky. But then during the low season, my job, my boss told me, oh, you might want to get another job to mm -hmm. get an extra cut. And I got a job like that very fast as well. So it was, it was easy. It was easy to get a job. Very cool. So, okay. So rewinding back to, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you, at some point you didn't need to stay on the student visa. Yep. Right. So how did that transition happen? So that's when I met my wife. Okay. <laughs> So we stayed in, that was my last student visa actually. Oh no, sorry, no, it wasn't. I did that visa and then when I met my, my actual wife, she was studying at university and I decided that I wanted to stay in Australia. And she's Canadian for she's those Canadian. that don't know. Yeah, she is. She was, 
she's Canadian, she was studying in Australia, and I decided to stay because she had one more year. So uh, it actually was a big coincidence that, coincidence that I finished my diploma, my sorry, my certificate four in surfing <laughs> at the same time that she finished university. So then we thought, oh, should we, uh, shall we, you know, move to Sydney and try luck with better jobs? So we moved to Sydney and we moved together. I got a, I did a diploma at college. I got enrolled in a diploma in screen and media, which is what I had studied here in, right. in Spain. So, and then I got a, I got that visa, which was two years, but before it ended, because my wife and I were living together back in the day, we were only dating, but because we were uh, living together, I was able to jump into her visa. Ah, okay. She was on a postgraduate visa. Uh, so when you finish a degree in Australia, they give you one or two years to work in Australia. So she did her degree there, mm-hmm. and then she gets like a visa. A to... two-year visa she got. Wow. So after my first year uh, at college, doing my diploma, mm-hmm. because we had been living together for a full year in the same house, we were able to prove that we were in a relationship. And I was able to jump into her visa. So I was able to get a better job in terms of um, hours and all that stuff. Okay, makes sense. And so you is this when you ended up going to Channel 9? Correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. So. so I did my diploma. Uh, I was no longer on a, on a student visa. So I was able to get a job. I, it was very it was very hard to get into the industry. There was this this is a very hard industry in Australia, Spain, United States, Canada, anywhere in the world. The media industry is very hard to get into. I did spend three four months working for free. Wow. I was working in a restaurant, and at the same time I was doing free free work as a camera operator for different companies until I finally got a connection and they got, I got a. A job in Channel Nine. That connection's super cool. How that came about. That just like yeah, that's amazing. You could you could tell the yeah it was abbreviated it was actually, story of it. It was actually pretty crazy. So my wife, uh, she's got two siblings, a brother and a sister, and they came to visit from Canada. Now her her siblings they they have a her so it's hard to explain. Uh, they have same father, different mother. Mm-hmm. So my wife's stepmom, uh, she's got a very good friend. She she has a very good friend in Australia. So when the brother and sister came to visit, they wanted to see this friend, which my wife didn't know. So they met one day for dinner and they made plans for, for dinner. And my wife told me, please come with me because I don't know this guy. And I don't want to be with, you know, them by myself. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. Why do I have to go? She insisted, so I end up going. A very good boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up going, and it turns out this guy. Uh, well, we were having dinner, and he turned to me and said, "So, what do you do for a living?" And I explained my situation a little bit. So, you know, I work in a restaurant, but I actually have this is my background. I'm trying to get into the industry. And he told me, "You know what? I actually know someone in Channel Nine. I." I sold a car to someone that works in, in, in Channel 9. He was a car sales. So he actually contacted the guy, told him about Followed me. Followed through. Yeah, and they called me a week later saying, hey, I'm Keith <laughs> from Channel 9. And um, didn't you, like, uh, you, you get connected to, like, kind of like the main news guy yeah, in all of correct. Australia? Like, he's like, the, he's like the guy. I'd be like... Larry King or something in exactly. the U.S. And That's exactly it. The, I didn't know him at all. The, my 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 wife's family friend told me. Um, so this is the guy. You'll get a call. This is the guy I know. You get a call. So I'm, okay, sure. So I got a call from Channel Nine. It wasn't him. It was Human Resources saying, "Hey, I got your resume. When can you come for an interview?" I did the interview. They liked me. I start working, and when I started working, I asked, "Hey." Um, I actually got the job through this person. I don't know him, but I want to say thank you to him. And they were like, you know this guy? I was like, I actually don't. It's a family <laughs> friend. It's, it's a long story, but he got me the job. And they were like, wow, he's he's actually a very big deal. In so, <laughs> he's um, like the main guy for yeah, news. And, like any um, Australian person that we know knows who oh, this yeah, guy is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
That's great. So they got me and say, hey, you don't know me, but I'm actually this guy's friend, well, friend. Yeah. <laughs> Known guy. You're friends now. He got yeah, you a job. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, you're welcome. No problem. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. But yeah, that's how it happened. I was, so, I was very lucky. But yeah. I think, I do believe that in Australia, if you work hard, you find, you at the end, you're going to get there. Yeah. Because I did get a lot, lots of connections by working for free. And I'm 100% sure eventually I would have made it. It's just happened this way. <laughs> yeah. And so you guys stayed in Australia, I mean, uh, in Sydney the rest of the time? Yeah. 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 Where, where would be another place of all, I know you traveled around Australia mm-hmm. a good bit. Where would be another place if you could go back and do it again, you might consider living? I think, I don't know. I love Sydney. Yeah. I, think <laughs> I wouldn't live anywhere else but Sydney. In yeah. Oh, all the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Brisbane, Brisbane is very cool too. Yeah. I did not get to live in Brisbane, but... I did get a good vibe. Yeah. Uh, I did spend, I I think I visited Brisbane like five times. And I did get a very good vibe. Although it is true that it's not the same when you travel to a place. It's not the same when you're doing just touristy stuff than when you're actually living. That's an important thing. Like uh, I, so, I tell people that about Valencia. Like I think Valencia is an awesome place to live. But like if you were just coming to Europe for one week or something like even two weeks I might not I wouldn't suggest exactly. coming to Valencia you've got yeah. you've got other bigger things you need to see but Correct. to live I this agree. is really great I completely agree yeah and so I don't I don't know about Brisbane I did like it yeah and I thought it was uh, it could it could be a good place to live yeah but look this is mm-hmm. very personal some people yeah. love Melbourne I personally I did like it I enjoyed it but I thought you know I visited and I'm going good. back to Sydney because it's got a very British weather, mm. which it does it does not go with me. Yeah, yeah. You were, if you, you were compare looking with the sun. <laughs> Sydney, which is got um, weather exactly like Valencia, yeah. exactly the same, very good weather, or Brisbane, which is tropical, where you you will not you will not wear a jacket uh, any time during right. the year. I lived in the Gold Coast for a year and a half, and I never ever use my jacket right once. <laughs> you you you'll use a sweater during the winter at night but that's it and that's something that i loved i think if if you are traveling to australia and you don't know english i think gold coast probably is a good place to start because there is if you go in high season you'll get jobs so easily like, yeah seriously you'll get a job 100 percent. was there anything like uh I mean, you, you spent so much time there, so some some of this might have faded, but were there any like super strong cultural differences that jumped out to you that were, were sort of hard to get over or like that like maybe maybe even some things about Spain that were built into you that you you couldn't let go of that you found tough to mesh like like for an, for example, like for me, it's still hard sometimes to think about e- I've been here for three years almost, and it's hard for me to get used to the time. Like things are done later here. So yeah. I want to go, I still want to go eat at like 1230 or one and I'll go out for lunch and like, oh yeah, nothing's open until 230 or three and the same. Absolutely. So yeah. anything that... That's that's exactly the example I was going to, I think that was the, yeah. not the toughest because at the end I, I, I used to have lunch and dinner at home, but you do notice that, you know, when, if you want to go out with people and stuff, they'll say, oh yeah, let's go for dinner. What time do we mean? 630. Wow, <laughs> I'm just waking up from siesta. Yeah. Leave, like, leave me alone. <laughs> it's happening, yeah. um, I think that was the, the only. Th- I mean, uh, it's not a big uh, cultural change. It's Australia, after all. It's not like if I was, if you go to India or yeah. China, that's that's a big shock. But yeah. Australia, there's few things you know you notice here and then, but it's it's it's, it's not a big thing. It was easy. F- f- for the most part, I mean, setting some of the challenges immediately aside, it was a pretty easy transition. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think the language was the biggest challenge. Yeah. Because other than that, they just do things in a different way. You just have to uh, get the motion, you know, get into it. Like, yeah. For example, for instance, getting a car, for example. They yeah. get all the paper or the insurance. The first time I heard about it, I was like, whoa. You know what? Forget about it. I'll, yeah, just, I'll, just, I'll just walk. I'll just walk or take the bus or, or yeah. whatever. But then once I got into it, I thought, oh, it's actually not that hard. You just need to learn yeah. how everything works, all the paperwork and stuff. So it's exactly that. It's just You just have to learn how things work. 
But it's not a like a cultural shock like that. Yeah. I think maybe the food is the only thing that I missed quite yeah. the most. Because here in Valencia, in Spain, we have very good quality mm-hmm. food. Vegetables, fruits, everything is very, very, very good. Whereas in Australia, a lot of the things that you can find, they're very expensive and they have no flavor. Oh, really? Like oh, tomatoes is the great example because I come from here in the Mediterranean, you know, yeah. Italy, Spain, <laughs> Greece, we, we love our tomatoes. And yeah. You go from here to Australia where the tomatoes have no flavor so, and they cost, I don't know, like 10 euros a kilo or something. Wow. It's very expensive. So there's little things. But on the other hand, you have a lot of, they, they in Australia, they really, really manage to bring on all the cultures in the world so you feel like Italian you got it I'm very good you feel like a Spanish and you can find especially it in good. a city like Sydney I yeah, mean you're gonna absolutely. have you're gonna you feel have... like Thai you get the best yeah you get Japanese the best one as well I feel like because... this about the US too like the US yeah. has a lot of we have a lot of a fusion of cultures yeah. and so you just have really good Chinese food absolutely. really good yeah. Mexican food like and that that I'm, I do. I miss that yeah. as well. Like, yeah, yeah, I do miss that a yeah. lot because, as you know, I love eating. So <laughs> that was that was amazing for me. I used to love that. I'm being able to get sushi, fresh sushi, just made, like you can see the guy making the sushi <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is nothing for them. It's fast food because it's it's more expensive here in Spain the sushi than in Australia. And in Australia, you get paid four times what you get paid here. It's crazy. In here, I can barely afford sushi. Whereas in Australia, sushi was every week, once or twice, no problems and very good quality. So, yeah, it's uh, it's different. It's just different. Yeah. Before there's one last thing I want to get to, which is the the bit about you coming back to Spain. Hmm. But before getting there, is there any other advice or thoughts? You know, if you're, if you're, if I was sitting here and I'm considering, especially as a European, but maybe somebody from another part of the world, if, uh, if I was considering moving to Australia, is there anything else you would want to, to let that person know, uh, warning, advice, you know, just anything um, like that? I've been asked before about my experience in Australia, mainly by Spanish people, and I found that most people, they just are scared of yeah. going so far. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I was scared. I spent the first three months, two months were very tough on me. But after that, things started getting very easy, and I had the be- the best experience of my life. I went for a year, and I stayed six, and yeah. I love it. I just do. Uh, I think you just have to pre-plan a little bit what yeah. you're gonna do. Uh, Maybe don't wing it. Don't don't wing it so much. Just yeah. uh, go ha- go Maybe have a little study bit. Study a bit of English first. <laughs> um, as I mentioned before, get your visa don't try to go as a tourist i mean you can go as a tourist but get your student visa up and running very soon because being legal in the country legal legally as i seem to work yeah. uh, it will open lots of doors for you um and don't be afraid to socialize because that's how you'll get your your first few jobs um other than that australia honestly i i really think it's a it's an easy place to to go you just have to find your way Australia, they have a lot of rules and a lot of licenses. For example, to serve alcohol, you need a license. But they have all these licenses, but then they're very chill about it. Yeah, you're able. They're they're obtainable. Like yeah, you know, well, I mean, I got my license <laughs> on my uh, my first month in there. I already had my um, I don't know how, RSA was called. I forgot what it stands for. But is I got it when I was only one month in Australia. You can imagine my English was horrible. I didn't know. Yeah. And I got the... I, got I did the, you did the, the test. Exam. I copied everything from the guy next to me. So, <laughs> And the guy didn't care. The guy literally gave us the exams and went outside to have a cigarette. <laughs> That's how I did my exam for that. So yeah. they, they have lots of rules, but they tend to be very chill about most of them. Well... So, yeah, just... If you want to go to Australia, just... Go for it. I have that impression, talk, like talking with other people about their visa situation, going through my visa situation here in Spain, just and, and especially people trying to move to the U.S. Uh, it's it can be a real nightmare, not just to get in, but then to figure out how to stay, whether it be a student or a worker yeah. or whatever. It seems very chill in Australia, which goes with the stereotype of the Australian. Yeah. So it, 
of course there's going to be some hurdles but it generally sounds like it's a pretty smooth process yeah like as i said visas they have many visas and but i think once you get there and you start mingling with people like you everybody becomes an expert on yeah. visas and if you want to stay in australia you can get a visa you can. it's not going to be a problem that's very you uplifting can. for people listening <laughs> i hope um, so the last little bit we'll wrap up with just this last minute or two um, yeah. But I think it's an interesting point that you came you came back here, with, not to go into too many details on that, but you came back here to study to be a pilot, mm-hmm. and you and Amber had your first son together, you have Javi, and I thought it was interesting, like there's tons of details we could get into about all of that, but the, the point that I think is interesting is, and I just had a phone call with a coworker of mine about this recently, uh, right before our conversation today, is the repatriation part coming back and sort of having that reverse culture shock yeah. and and experiencing like, I don't even kind of want to be in my own country. I don't feel normal here. Yeah, that's, um, that's so, exactly. so two things, like one, I don't think you ever came back, correct? Like you never, you or did you ever come back and visit? I or did just, once. Just one time. Yeah. So one time in six years, you were back here yeah. in Spain. And I ran away back to Australia. And then you ran back to Australia. Yeah. Now you're back, when you arrived back, what what was that experience like? And, and it, was, it was rough. Because six years in Australia, I came here only once for holidays, just to see the family. I came for three weeks. And I remember that first time I noticed a lot of change. And I remember thinking, I'm so happy I live in Australia. I went back running. I was very happy to be back in Australia. And when I came back here to stay, to study, it happened the same. It was, it was tough on me yeah. coming back. It's, it's, it's a very weird experience because you have your family and your friends and you're very happy to see them. And to be with them but somehow and this is probably um, I don't know if everybody goes through this experience but for me uh, living in Australia had a very uh, a very uh, a, uh, a lifestyle that I I was unable to replicate here and and it was very hard for me to explain to my friends and family it was like yeah, but I have a really good life in, in there and I come back here and I get the feeling that I'm coming back to a third world country. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain. It's very hard to explain, but I got the feeling that... Just because know, the economics of your life were better in Australia, very, you, you were very, making more yeah. money, living in a nicer yeah. place. Uh, Absolutely. You, you felt like you were living... But it's not only that. It is true that I was making good money at Channel 9, but it is also true that working as a, as a waiter in Australia, I was able to make... And they, you get paid minimum wage in Australia. What I'm going is that with minimum wage in Australia, I was able I was able to do so many things that in Spain minimum wage you do not do. Hmm. You know, like you, like you what don't. travel or well, here in Spain minimum wage you barely pay your rent. Okay. To start with, whereas in Australia with minimum wage I pay the visa, I pay the courses. I pay rent, I pay food, I used to go out for drinks, I used to go out for dinners, I went to New Zealand, I went to uh, Malaysia, I went to Indonesia, I went to so many other, Singapore, I I travel around Australia, all that I did it as a waiter, (laughs) only as a waiter, and this is not a secret, like people know, there's a lot of uh, French people, Italian people, they go to Australia because they know they're going to spend two, three years that they're going to travel the world, because you get a good salary, Mm -hmm. And you're able to travel, then you come back here and it's not like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's shocking. It's shocking because I grew up here in Spain being told, oh, yeah, you go abroad and you're going to get paid more, but everything is more expensive. It does not work like that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I, I used to, I tell this, to, I told this to all my friends, a kilo of rice in Australia is cheaper than a kilo of rice in Spain. Really? It is. Yeah. Wow. Unfortunately for us. But in, a, in Australia, I get paid four, time, four times what I used to get, where I get paid here. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I see, I you see, know? yeah. There is a few things, and now this is good to know. If you smoke and you're a heavy drinker, it's expensive in Australia. They yeah. have lots of taxes in alcohol and in uh, cigarettes, okay. tobacco. Anything else is a bit more expensive, but it's not four times more expensive. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you are going to get paid four times what you get paid here in Spain. So... Um, I had a very good, you, you get a very good quality of life in Australia compared to Spain. That's the first time in my life that I noticed 
you know, I grew up and here in Spain and everybody tells you, you know, you, you're lucky you live in a first world country, there are third world countries around there and it, and it is true. Yeah. But among these so-called first countries, there are different levels as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know? there and are. Spain is not a first world country. I would say that, you know, Spain is in the bottom of that barrel yeah. for me. For yeah, me. I've, heard, I've had other, met other Spanish people that have said the same and yeah. said like... You go to other countries and you get... And very importantly, and this is very importantly, in Australia, my wife and I, we both work for different companies, completely different sectors. But one thing they have in common is that they treat you very well. Mm. They treat you very, very well. You have sick days. You have so much holidays. You, 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 I used to, in Chalonai, for example, I used to work in the morning show. My shift was from 4 o'clock in the morning to 12. If I'm not wrong, that's eight hours. That was my, yeah. legally, that was my shift. But the morning show finished at 9 o'clock. <laughs> so at 9 o'clock, my boss used to say, just go home. And I, get, and I go pay until 12. Those three hours, I never did them. I said, no, just go home. It's fine. There's nothing to do here. In Spain, they will have you cleaning the floors. and They'll find something for you to do. In the U.S. Or they will just not pay you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Same with Ember, my wife. Also the same experience. Like, she worked for companies. They really take care of you. Whereas here in Spain, a lot of companies do not take care of you at all. They abuse you. And so I guess the question that most people would have at this point then is, is then, you know, why come back? And I think the general answer that I get when I ask people who've spent time in Australia or New Zealand, which notoriously have amazingly high quality of life, people love living there, but everybody says it's just so far. And, you know, you're, you're far from family and friends. Yeah. And I mean, you coming back once in six years, you have, you have a young family now, there, there's a lot of factors at play there, well, right? Is that, the is that fair to was, assume? Yeah, it was uh, family, friends, my son. I want, we both wanted to live somewhere with family because, you know, you want them to... Um, even Spain is closer to Canada yeah. than Australia to Canada. So, um, to Toronto, which is where my wife is from. Uh, but mainly, one of the main reasons, and I don't... Well, it was my family too, but being selfish and... Uh, it was because I wanted to be a pilot, yeah. and that was something that it was one one of uh, a dream of mine. I thought, you know, I had saved so much money in Australia that I was gonna be able to pay for the whole course in Spain. So I thought, you know, this could be a good chance to first study to become a pilot for a couple of years, second to have some free time to be with my son because I'm not gonna be working, and third to spend some time with my family. Yeah. But I'm telling you, as soon as I go here. <laughs> I thought, you know, I finished the pilot thing and I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. But somewhere in Europe, probably. Have Maybe you settled? Have you? Do you feel like you've settled back into Spain on a, on a much on yeah. a better level? I mean, you're you're. Well, I think I've come. I think I've got used to it. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like when I came back at, at first, I was like, oh my god, I can't be here. I can't be here. I don't want to live in this place. The parks, everything is dirty. The parks are full of graffitis. Everything, everything is dirty. It's very yeah. European in that sense. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, everything is so clean and neat everywhere that you know you come here and it's like a shop. And I like, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to be here. But you get used to it. Yeah. And you go back to, I guess I went back to. I still think I will probably leave at some stage, but for now. We are going to stay here. Yeah. I'll be longer. <laughs> any, any last minute advice for somebody trying to get over that repatriation kind of reverse culture shock? Uh, I mean, just is it just push through or is it... I think I just did push through. Keep yeah. yourself busy, I guess. Yeah. I was very busy. Yeah, you were. My, my kid and studying and getting my wife to settle into this new adventure for her. So I, I was actually quite busy. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a key for me to just keep pushing and keep keep going. I think that yeah. was the only thing. <laughs> I can't think of anything It's good. At, during the most trying times in life, that's just put your head down and make exactly. yourself busy. <laughs> keep going forward. Uh, well, Guillermo, this is awesome. Um, I learned a ton about Australia, about moving to Australia as yeah. a European, and uh, I'm, I'm sort of jealous of your, your adventures you had down there. But Yeah, it was good. Unless you've got anything else you want to share real quick, we'll uh, sign off there. I don't think so. I think that's pretty much... I can't think of anything else. (laughs) So that I'm in love with Australia. I think it's uh, the best country. (laughs) Seriously. 
Well, I'm hopeful that people listening to this, if anybody had any interest in going to Australia, giving a shot, will be inspired to do it because I think that's what it takes some time is just hearing that somebody else did it and it's possible. So, mm. yeah, thanks for t- t- uh, telling us your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's awesome. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. You can visit aboutabroad.com to get our latest updates and listen to past episodes, or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. On that note, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe, and if inclined, leave a few stars and a review. It's truly, truly appreciated and will help more wanderers just like you find us. Until the next time, adios from España.